Welcome to episode 78 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be breaking down the different terminology for lifting weights, methods for healthy eating other than meal prepping, and how to maintain positivity during setbacks. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. What's up, Achievers? Episode 78. All right. So, what's been going on? We've got our wedding anniversary this weekend. Yeah. We're going to be heading to the Cape. Um, it's kind of an impromptu trip. I think previously we we're like, oh, it's so close to the date that we we're like, uh, like anything could happen. We're close and... to my due date. But then we were like, we can get back from the Cape in an hour. Yeah. We should be fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, now it's uh, we're officially three weeks out from the expected due date. That's right, exactly. Which means three that weeks out. anything could happen. So yeah, I'm officially full term today, which is exciting. That means that basically, like, the baby's fully grown, and like anything that it gains now is just kind of like extra credit, and it could happen on the inside or the outside. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. It's, it's happening. It's happening. Also, the other day, somebody was like, when I said that our anniversary is coming up, I think it was Sarah, or no, it was somebody else. Uh, but Sarah was around, one of our coaches, and they were like, how long have you and Jason been married? And I was like, oh, almost three years. And Sarah was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, really? And she was like, yeah, no, you've only been married for two years. And I was feels like, like forever. <laughs> so apparently it feels like it's been so long. Um, but we've been together for like close to 10 at this point. I don't know. That's not even true. No, that's not like, true at all. Either. Seven, eight? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know when it started. It but... all blends together. <laughs> But anyway, it's our two-year anniversary coming yep, up. Yep, two-year anniversary. I think the the um, the theme for gifts is supposed to be cotton. Yeah, I didn't get super you random. cotton. I got you uh, cotton swabs for makeup <laughs> removal. Perfect. You can always use those. Very practical gift. Um, cool. All right, let's go on to questions, I guess. All nothing right. too exciting from the last weekend, right? No, yeah, nothing really to share. We had a wedding. And, yeah, nothing crazy. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right, let's get into it. So the first question is from... J Yocom one and she asked, um, I'm wondering the difference between Olympic lifting, bodybuilding, strength training, etc. It seems like there are so many different ways of saying the same thing, but I know it's not exactly the same. I would appreciate if you could separate out the differences. Thank you. And I'll send my next question. Oh, yeah. Never mind. That's it. Perfect. <laughs> it's a two-part question. You're making but... a lot of noises while reading. <laughs> uh, okay. This is so embarrassing. So I, t- I had a prenatal massage um, on Monday, and... Like your heartburn, heartburn and like indigestion gets really bad during mm-hmm. pregnancy. I never even had heartburn before, um, and it's been really bad, in especially this third trimester. And it's especially bad when I lay on my left side. So I started out the prenatal massage on my right side. It was like so relaxed totally and calm. Fine. Everything was going great. And then she had me flip over, and my stomach was just like, <laughs> like it was making crazy noises. And I was like, this is so embarrassing. And the music was like really soft, and like. You know, you could just hear every time my stomach made a every crazy murmur, sound. murmur, yeah. Yeah, and then it's all I could think about, and I was, like, tensing up, and I was trying to relax. And then every time I relaxed, my stomach would make another crazy noise, and I was like, oh, my you God. You came back all stressed from your massage. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was a really great massage. I'm not complaining. But, uh, yeah, so if I'm, like, making some funny noises, that's what that is. It's just a thing. It's just, just a thing. a thing yeah. that happens. But anyway, the question is, what are the what are the differences between all the different ways that we talk about like lifting weights, because there are a lot of different terms that, that people yeah. use, and they do all mean slightly different things. Yeah, um, this is a great question, and one I, I'm surprised that we actually didn't just think to talk about. We just kind of assumed that people knew what the differences were, but 
Yeah, I mean, to it's someone... not obvious at all. Yeah, definitely, because yeah. there's so many different, like, little nuances and stuff. And I guess we can go about it based upon what the goal of each sport is, right? Mm -hmm. So bodybuilding, the goal here is, if someone's competing in it, is to look in a very certain way in terms of building up the most amount of muscle while also being the leanest that you can be and also maintaining an element of symmetry as well. So you can't just be like like a gargantuan bodybuilder. You have to like look a very... Um, a, a very like a it's distinct a specific way. aesthetic that they're yeah. looking for that they're actually judging you on so with powerlifting for instance they're judging you on how much weight you can lift mm -hmm. with bodybuilding they're judging you on what your body looks like yeah um and so when we talk about bodybuilding that's the that's the goal of bodybuilding or that's the sport of bodybuilding mm -hmm. but when we talk about it in terms of training we usually are talking about people who train in a way that they're trying to work one muscle group at a time like very yeah. specific muscle groups because they have to every single muscle has to show when they're up on stage yeah just the quote-unquote pop and there's a lot of talk about like bringing up weak areas or lagging body parts and stuff like that and it's very isolation based mm -hmm. um it's very what we think it's very non-functional um and it's not um the healthiest approach we would say because there's so much emphasis on just building as much muscle as possible in the shortest amount of time possible and then cutting as aggressively as possible. And then right before you're competing, you're cutting all this water weight, trying to dehydrate yourself, give yourself this spray tan to make yourself look um, a certain way. However, if that's what you're competing for, then, you know, that's you just have to do it, right? right? So it's not, a, you know, we're not knocking it. Uh, we just think that there's better ways for people to train um, if they're just looking for a healthier lifestyle, right? right. Right. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's what bodybuilding is in terms of powerlifting, powerlifting athletes are judged upon three lifts and that's the bench press, the back squat, as well as the deadlift. And, um, yeah, you just take your total of all three lifts and that's how you stack up against other, um, lifters and it's based upon weight classes as well as there's some age brackets as well. I think there's a, just like a standard division and then there's youth and then there's masters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is just solely on how much weight you can lift and yeah. it's only on three, three exercises. Mm -hmm. So very like body or, um, powerlifting specific programs are going to be squat, bench, deadlift, like is going to be the Pretty bread focused. and butter. Yeah. Um, and then they may do other assistance exercises in order to help them to increase their squat, bench and deadlift, but everything is about increasing the numbers there. Yeah. Um, and I would say, what was I going to say about it? Um, uh, well, I totally lost my train of thought. Pregnancy brain. <laughs> <laughs> Sympathy. Um, brain. I would say that, oh, because aesthetics don't play a role in powerlifting whatsoever, uh, powerlifters tend to look a little bit just thicker and denser overall because it allows them to move more weight. Mm -hmm. So there's a very distinct look to powerlifters where they just look a little bit meatier, I would say. Yeah. Um, and they're not too concerned about um, dieting or nutrition unless it hinders their performance or it affects them moving up to the next weight class. Um, but yeah, again, the primary emphasis is how much uh, weight they can lift in those three. And uh, what we often find is powerlifters tend to be um, a little bit tighter overall, a little bit more um, immobile. And they really have refined their technique 
in a very small range of motion. Because again, they're trying to lift as much weight as possible. They don't want to go an inch further than they have to in terms of their squat. Or they don't want to, they want to maximize or they want to minimize the be- uh, distance between the chest and the barbell during bench pressing. So they move through really small ranges of motion, but they're massively strong through those ranges of motion. So that's powerlifting. Yeah. And now Olympic lifting, these athletes are tested on two lifts, and it's the snatch as well as the clean and jerk. And these are both lifts where the barbell starts on the floor and they end up in the overhead position. And to excel in these lifts, you have to be ridiculously mobile. Um, you have to be able to squat perfectly, pretty much butt touching your calves, and you, your arms have to be uh, have the ability to go overhead without any issues because you're doing these lifts so ballistically. And so for Olympic lifters, you tend to see a lot more mobility, a lot more uh, just overall movement quality is a little bit better because they're going through such a drastic range of motion, whereas powerlifters go through a much smaller range of motion. Right. Um, um, yeah, and with, with Olympic lifters, they're, so Olympic lifting has now become sort of, it kind of has morphed a little bit from what it used to be because it used to just be Olympic lifting and, and other and Olympic lifters just call it weightlifting. Yeah. So you'll see like Olympic weightlifting or people just say weightlifting. Yeah. If it's weightlifting as one word, that mm-hmm. usually means Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. It means um, which yeah. means the, the clean and jerk and the snatch and just those two movements. Yeah. Um, CrossFit has adapted a lot of the Olympic lifting lifts mm-hmm. as CrossFit moves. Um, and now a lot of people get confused between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll do like, there are... Um, there are variations of Olympic lifts like a hang clean or a push press or like different barbell moves that aren't technically Olympic weightlifting like movements in terms of competition, but have been adapted to just be part of a like CrossFit workout or a wad. Um, so you'll see a lot of Olympic lifts in CrossFit, but Olympic weightlifting is just those two exercises. Yeah. So weightlifting, no space refers to Olympic weightlifting, weight Space lifting means you're doing some level of strength training. You're lifting weights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're literally lifting a weight. Um, actually, now that you bring up CrossFit, yeah. or go ahead. yeah, actually now that you bring up CrossFit, um, that's a really good uh, good point. Um, so CrossFit athletes, it's a little bit different. They're judged upon the events change like literally every day for some gyms. They change um, every year if you're uh, competing in the CrossFit Games. Um, and so what, I mean, CrossFit, like for, during the games, like they may, they might be measured on, like, I think it was a marathon row this year Something on the ERG like machine. Yeah. And then the next event was like, you know, uh, max, max clean and jerk, or... max snatch or something like that. So basically literally anything under the fitness umbrella, you might be tested on with CrossFit. And so basically CrossFitters have to train every single possible thing. And, you know, initially I was definitely like, okay, that's just going to be just in, just too much going on. You can't develop skills that way. It's too randomized and you become a, you know, jack of all trades, master of none situation. Um, however, I will say that watching these games athletes, it's like, how are they like, they, they can probably compete in Olympic lifting, powerlifting, uh, endurance stuff, like yeah. all individually and still be very high class. And it's just like, wow, like, it's just amazing to see what the human body is capable of. Um, but yeah, that's what, that's what CrossFit is basically. Yeah. 
Um, and then there's strength training, which is yep. like the most general term um, and kind of what we use the most. We probably use strength training or lifting weights as kind of like the most general terms for um, for what it sounds like, which is just like trying to get stronger <laughs> yeah. and using weights as your implement to try mm. to get stronger and doing yeah. that in a variety of different ways. So when we talk about strength training, powerlifting is included in there. So is Olympic lifting. So is... So we're so is bodybuilding. Yeah. So we're dumbbell exercises, kettlebell exercises. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of an all-encompassing term when we talk about strength training. And we're not breaking it down into one specific category or one specific sport. That's just overall developing strength and trying to improve your movement and improve um, how much weight you can lift. Yeah. And so if we're like Lauren and I were to describe what we do at Achieve and what we do ourselves, we wouldn't be like, you know we do Olympic weightlifting or we do kettlebell training or we do bodybuilding. It's like, no, we strength train. And that just covers all of our bases Um, because our primary goal isn't to compete in any one of those domains. And so for us, it's all about creating the most balanced program overall for what that person wants to do. And so for some people that might be more kettlebell training, for some people that might be more Olympic lifting and for some people that might be more bodybuilding type of an approach, um, but we just meet the person where they're at and use whatever tool or implement or philosophy that aligns best with their goal and we'll cater that towards um, that person. And so we're just not you know, all in on one specific approach and not one is going to be better than the other regardless if, if you're talking to a powerlifter or an Olympic yeah. weightlifter. It's, everything is equal. It just depends on what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So hopefully that clears a few things up, but definitely... Yeah. Uh, when I got the question, I was like, of course, like, of course that's a question. Yeah. Why would you know the difference between weightlifting and weight space lifting? Yeah. <laughs> like who would, who would Yeah. I mean, that? I guess if like, if we're talking to people that were totally uh, foreign to like endurance stuff, like what's an aqua bike and what's like a triathlon and what's an Ironman, like there's yeah. different levels that you just have to like, you just have to talk to people to understand what's actually going on. So yeah. makes sense. All right. Thanks for the question. So our next question is from T underscore full 10. And they asked, other than meal prepping, what are some ways to make sure you're eating healthy consistently? Mm. And I thought that was a great question um, because, yeah, meal prepping is obviously like your your foolproof, like safest way to make sure that you're getting in what you like. You're eating what you want to eat because you're taking the time to prepare your meals on your own. Mm -hmm. You're putting in only ingredients that you want to put in. Um, So that's obviously the easiest way from a like, um, like when you're thinking about it, it seems like the easiest way. Yeah. It's not always the easiest way because sometimes you just don't have the time to meal prep or mm-hmm. you don't like things come up, whatever. So you don't always get the opportunity to. So thinking about what are some other ways outside of that that you can make sure that you're making good decisions. Yeah. Um, one thing that I thought about for myself is whenever I'm at a restaurant, I just kind of have these criteria in my head that I don't even think, I don't even like consciously think of anymore, Mm -hmm. but it's just a way of kind of minimizing the menu to just have a few options. Yeah. And number one is, does the meal have vegetables, (laughs) which seems like a very simple thing, but it narrows the menu down to like 10 It does, yeah. Because there's a lot of items on like a burger and fries. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Grilled cheese, like quesadillas, tacos, like there's, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things that aren't going to have vegetables. Um... I'll also, but I'll say sometimes if I want a burger, I'll just say like, okay, can I add vegetables to this meal? Mm, So it's, does it come with vegetables or can I add vegetables to the meal? So that's number one. Number two is, does it have protein? Um, And so some form of protein, whether you're a 
meat eater or a vegetarian still having some form of protein in your meal. So whether the protein is um, animal protein, like uh, you know steak or chicken or fish, or it's beans or quinoa, something like that that has a little mm-hmm. bit more protein as a vegetarian option, just taking a look at that. And the last option, or the last thing I look at is just like, is are the carbohydrates that are included in the meal an overwhelming portion of the meal or is it just a mm. part of the meal? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you go to so many places and it's like they cover the plate in mashed potatoes or French fries or large amounts of rice pilaf or whatever it yeah. might be. So just taking note of that, right? Yeah. Um, so as in terms of eating out, those are kind of like my three go-to questions that, or just like reference points that I look at and then I can pick from there based on what I'm in the mood for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any go-to strategies? Not, not really that, not really. Yeah. I think, I think something that happens often is like when we have people first come in for like an initial, um, consultation at Achieve, I think they get really ashamed that they do take out or they Mm. do like go out to dinners relatively frequently and it's like you know it's like not the not the end of the world no i mean we do we do take out quite often yeah we we go out to dinner quite a bit too yeah exactly it's just like it's just something that we like to do um and you know just what we have prioritized and yeah i I don't think there's anything wrong with it it's just you just have to make sure that you you know manage your choice as well if that's the thing that you want to even do yeah. But um, it's not inherently bad because you are eating out. Yeah. yeah. I remember feeling like a little, like our roommates, our old roommates used to make fun of us for how much <laughs> we ordered out. Um, and I used to be like a little embarrassed about it, but I was like, you know what? We like, honestly, we just are busy and sometimes we don't have time to prep our meals. Yeah. And we still make decent decisions when we order out. Like yeah. we, we base our decisions around still making healthy options or choosing healthy options. And there's just nothing wrong with that. It's just somebody else is preparing the healthy option for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, obviously, you can't control all the fine details. So if you're somebody who's like worried about what kind of oil is being used or like, you know, you just can't control all of that if you're not cre- cooking the meal yourself. Um, those are things that like sacrifices that we're okay with because yeah. we're not so concerned about every like little detail of, of the meal. Um, yeah. and we're not like on some specific diet or regimen or anything like that yeah um yeah and then other other things like making sure you're eating healthy consistently i would just say is is also making sure that you're paying attention to hunger cues so eating healthy Mm. quote unquote isn't just about the food that goes into your body like the quality of food but also the quantity of food and just understanding and feeling like you're in tune with your hunger cues um so asking yourself like when you get hungry in the afternoon asking yourself if it's hunger or if it's boredom and just trying to be like, ask yourself a lot of questions when it comes to when you feel hungry, when you feel full, like just kind of exploring that a little bit more. Cause I think a lot of us blindly do things that are routine for us. Um, I know I used to just like have to have a snack between lunch and dinner because it was routine. And that was just like something that I became, I actually like, thought I was hungry. And then when I was like, I'm going to explore the idea of not having the snack and just see what happens. And it turned out that I wasn't hungry. I was just in the routine of eating that, eating a snack. Yeah. And I would get panicky if I didn't have that snack because I was like, Oh my God, like what, what's going <laughs> to happen? I'm going to, I'm going to die. Um, but really it was just like, no, I'm not even hungry. I'm just bored and I'm trying to stay awake. Cause I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever. So just kind of just thinking more, in trying to get more in tune with your body, which is easier said than done. 
Um, but going doing that with one thing at a time. So it could be after dinner for a lot of people. Like everyone, people, a lot of people feel like I have to have dessert after dinner. I have right. to have something sweet. And just asking yourself like, okay, do I have to or do I want to? And then breaking that down even further, like, okay, if I do want something, can it be something a little bit smaller than what I have been having? And can I explore that option a little bit more? Um, so yeah, just I think experimenting a little bit with some different ways of going about what you're doing that aren't going to be these big drastic changes but are just going to help you to become a little bit more aware of your habits and of your hunger yeah i think that's pretty good right there all right cool let's move on to the final question this one is um was actually a comment on one of our posts but um she wanted it to be a podcast question as well so the post that we put up was um one that we referenced last podcast i Mm -hmm. believe which was the like you're still fit whether you're doing a one-arm push-up or a kneeling push-up. Like, it's your own journey. Focus on you. Um, and she said, this is from Lila in D.C. She said, this is great. You know what I'd love to see you guys talk explicitly sometime about is maintaining positivity when you actually have lost strength or fitness due to injury, vacation, aging, slacking off for a while, having a baby, etc. It can be hard staying positive when remembering pa- past fitness levels. Yeah. This is a really good This is question. great. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're just... I think there are just different types of setbacks. And I do want to say that like it, like with certain setbacks, like it's just impossible to stay positive, right? But you can redirect thoughts to be a little bit more productive than kind of letting you like yourself just kind of wallow in those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, so different setbacks, like you could be sick for a week or two and that could set you back in some in some ways. Um, you could, let's see, um, you could be traveling for a couple weeks or be on vacation for a few weeks. So that's a little bit of a longer quote unquote setback. Um, you could be pregnant, um, or have like an actual like major injury, whether like maybe you play some recreational sports and you tear your Achilles or you tear an ACL, something along those lines. So there's different levels of setbacks. And I guess let's start off with, let's say you're just sick. You've got the common cold. And you're out for like a week or so. Yeah. Um, and so if that's the case, literally, you, you know it's so short term that you just need to do whatever you can to recover and sleep and, you know, do all that sort of stuff and get your medicine in and then just probably get right back on track. However, just know that when you get back to that initial workout, you're not going to be able to reproduce the same amount of strength or effort or energy as you would have when you're fully totally recovered so you just need to give yourself a second to um you know basically take some weight off the bar or allow yourself a little bit more more like time i guess yeah i mean normally with someone so say someone that achieved goes away for a week or they're sick Mm -hmm. for a week um but their program called for like five pound increases week to week Mm -hmm. and so say they were bench pressing 95 pounds and then they got sick and they came back and they were supposed to bench press 100, but they're still not feeling 100% and they just had a whole week of being sick, so their immune system was kind of down, their whole system was a little bit down. We would probably say, let's either stick with 95 and do it again, we'll repeat last time, or we may even go down a little bit lower, but with the intention of continuing to build back up afterwards. Yeah. But it's such a small setback that you, you shouldn't have to worry about it. What would be worse is trying to go trying to continue on this progression when your body is kind of shut down a little bit and then potentially injuring yourself and making this a longer setback. Yeah. That was so that's kind of like the biggest thing is like, don't, don't go so hard when you come back that you end up setting yourself back further. Yeah. Cause the strength isn't there. Like you didn't lose that strength yeah. and it's a common conversation that we have 
when people are, let's say, focusing on pull-ups um, pretty exclusively, like yeah. they've been doing seven pull-ups with a certain band and then they come back after being sick or traveling or whatnot and then suddenly they can do three or four and they're like, I got so much weaker, I've, I've lost, lost so it. much progress, <laughs> like I've been working so hard for this and and it just makes sense like if you don't have um you know the perspective like because because we've just trained so many people that we understand that this is a thing that just happens then you're like oh my god i worked so hard to get to this rep number and suddenly it's like slash in half yeah and then you just have to we we just reassure the person that it happens with everyone and that strength is still there your body's just you know dimmed down just a little bit because of whatever was going on the week before yeah um so yeah it's just allowing yourself a little bit of patience there yeah so that's the the short term setbacks. That's kind of the answer there. Yeah. Is don't worry too much about it. Give yourself that that little period of time to actually take a step back, not mm -hmm. just like consider it a step back, but but intentionally take a step back. Yeah. And and lighten the loads a little bit, lighten the workout a little bit, so that you can then progress again very smoothly. Yeah. Like I mean, like if I am let's say deadlifting three hundred pounds and I come back from a sickness, I'll usually just slash it fifty percent and start deadlifting. 150 pounds and know that I can ramp it back up when I need to. Yeah. yeah. But that, that took a while to understand yeah, for me definitely. as well. <laughs> oh yeah. For all of, we only speak from experience. Yeah. <laughs> like this is all, these are all mistakes that we've made, which is why we know how to now yeah. more um, <laughs> rationally address them. <laughs> um, then injuries, like longer term injuries are, are very different. So yeah. um, the last injury that I experienced, um, I wouldn't consider being pregnant an injury, but more <laughs> of a, this is more of a like, longer term um, thing. thing. Yeah. But the last injury that I experienced was I broke my hand playing football. Um, it was my dominant hand and I was in a cast for six weeks. I, well, I was in a cast for a week, then had surgery, then was in a cast for another six weeks. So mm -hmm. it was about two months of being um, completely restricted in that one hand. And the things I had been working on at that point, I was actually very close to com completing the Iron Maiden challenge mm -hmm. for Strong First, which is um, a challenge to do a pull-up uh, overhead press and a pistol squat all with a 24 kilogram kettlebell. I had done all of them except the pull-up I did with a 22. So I was yeah, getting ready so to, to actually go and compete and do that in, um, in Florida. Yeah. That was my plan a week before I broke my hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a huge setback and something that it was something I had been training for, for so long. Yeah. Like I had been, I wasn't even close to that point when I started to train for it. And I had been like so excited to do this. Um, so it was definitely one of those things where you're like, I mean, crap, now I can't even hold on to a bar right. or a kettlebell for eight weeks, how I'm going to lose all of this strength. Yeah. And I had to make the conscious decision to just modify my goals and just say like, okay, you know what? This goal can be there for the rest of my life. Right. I have no, there's no reason that I can't come back to this. But for right now, instead of dwelling on the fact that I can't do this and that I'm going to, it's going to be a long journey back. <laughs> and instead of even having this goal in my mind, I'm just going to completely reroute. Yeah. And so I made a goal of being able to do a snatch test on just my left hand yeah. for that period of time. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to be able to complete a hundred snatches in five minutes with just my one working hand. <laughs> um, and that's what I worked toward. And I felt, so I felt like I still had something to work toward that was new and that was different and that I hadn't been able to do before. Yeah. Yeah. And you're so, I mean, this, this is great actually, because you're so outcome oriented yeah. that you needed to change the outcome and then focus back on the process to reach that outcome. And you were totally fine. I mean, it was yeah. obviously a bummer because you'd been training for so long, but because you're able to just redirect the goalpost, basically, you're able to find success in that. Right. Um, you know, it's a little bit different for me. Like I'm so 
non-outcome based. I'm so mm-hmm. process based that I would have just basically been like, okay, I can't do, you know, um, X, Y, and Z. I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to bench press if I broke my wrist or I wouldn't be able to do pull-ups, but I could get much stronger with my lower body. And I would just start focusing on how I could do zercher squats. Like you did zercher squats. Mm-hmm. Um, or I would be doing one arm lifts or lunging, um, just things like that, where I could just redirect my focus to something else that I can then push myself with. Yeah. But and, you didn't need to, you, you usually don't need to have like a goal that you're working towards. Yeah. Whereas that really does help motivate me. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of redirecting your focus. Be like, okay, I can't do uh, lifts with my upper body. So I'm just going to really challenge my lower body. And I think the biggest thing for me is as long as I'm advancing in some capacity, then I'm cool with just shifting focus. Yeah. Right. And I think that's actually, that's kind of a good way to think about it. Yeah. That's the ultimate way of thinking about all of this really. Yeah. It's not like I, instead of thinking I can't do this, I'm just shifting focus. And I think that's just a way to like shift your perspective about it. Yeah. 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 And I think that goes for any of the other like realities out there. Like for me now with pregnancy, I mean, I was, I had posted something on my personal Instagram page, um, Cause I got like one of those reminders like one year ago today and it was me doing um, like three muscle ups on the rings. Yeah. And when I first looked at it, I was like, it's really hard to look at that and think <laughs> like, Oh, that's so cool. And instead of just being like, I wish I could still do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's hard to stay positive sometimes when you're like, man, I used to be able to do that. Like I can't even, I can hardly hang from the rings right now. Like, yeah. I've, you know, and it makes you feel a little like, Oh, I've lost so much. Um, and then just being able to go through a checklist for me was really helpful of like, what can I do now that I couldn't do then? Mm -hmm. And for me, it was like, well, number one, grow a human. That's like, I could end it there because I can, I couldn't do that then. Like that wasn't something I was doing then. I can do that now. Number two, like I actually have realized that as a coach, I've gotten better at coaching because I have to, um, be better at verbalizing what I want somebody to do. I can't really demonstrate a lot of things. So Mm -hmm. it's actually improved my coaching. So just starting to think about all the different ways that even though you can't do something that you used to be able to do, what have you gained from your experience and what has changed in your life that's actually still become been a positive thing? Yeah, definitely. And like actually go along with kind of like similar notes to, um, to pregnancy. I mean, we have people that go and like pursue a master's degree or they go um, and like work calls for them to basically like cover two or three jobs because two or three people were let go or got fired or have left and now they're suddenly working 60 to 70 to we have one person that was working 80 hours a week um, and it's insane and it's just you know it's just the reality of the situation and you just need to yeah you just need to like be kind to yourself and be like you know this currently isn't a, as big of a party as it was previously and I know that I've got my whole life ahead of me and so that at the end of ma- my master's degree as long as I try to maintain maybe I can do a 30 minute workout every week or something like that um, then I know that after that point I can come back and you know just ramp back up again so it's just yeah again putting things in perspective um, you know some circumstances really suck and it's tough to stay positive but you can you can definitely from a neutral standpoint, just be like, okay, I'm just going to shift my focus yeah. and find success there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 
All right. Well, those are all of our answers to your burning questions for today. Thank you so much. They were awesome questions. There were a bunch that we didn't get to still, so stay tuned for next week. And if you do have any more questions for us, please feel free to send them to us at Achieve Fitness Boston on Instagram. You can send us a DM or comment on one of our posts. And until next time, peace, love, and, and muscles. muscles.